Hello and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast number 185. My name is John. Joining me as always is Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hello, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, we record at all different times now, so we're just mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're just uh, being um, spontaneous and uh, and changing things up. Um, so it's Sunday afternoon. It is the weekend following um, Bad Batch episode seven, Battle Scars. So we're going to work our way up to discussing that episode, um, which I really enjoyed, but. There were some uh, toys and video game news stories this week. So uh, as you texted me yesterday, Ryan, it's going to be one of those toys and video games episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry in advance. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to we're going to run through that stuff here um, and then we will. Um, talk about Bad Batch episode seven towards the end of the show. Um, Before we get into the toys and the video game stuff, uh, we have one quick kind of update on Andor, kind of rumored updates from uh, from Andor here. Um, And this is coming from Tech Radar. So I think this was the original source of the story. Um, I guess they're pulling stuff from uh, what Reddit Star Wars, the Star Wars leaks Reddit, maybe. So I don't know. But uh, the story, the original story that I found was from Tech Radar here, uh, which isn't actually a website that I frequent. I don't know about you, Ryan. Are you a, an avid reader of Tech Radar? Uh, I am not, no. <laughs> okay. Um, but there are some some rumored um, actors kind of coming back to Andor. Uh, I guess this is sort of like a potential spoiler type situation. Um, mm. So as always, you can use the chapter marks to uh, jump ahead past this story. If you don't want to know about these actors that may or may not be returning to um, from rogue one to be in Andor, uh, along with D- Diego Luna. Um, but uh, I think if they're in the show, everyone's going to know um, well before the show comes out. So you know, I'm not personally worried about it, but just throwing it out there in case people don't want this kind of stuff. They don't want to know unless it's officially revealed, I guess. Right. Mm. Um, but, uh, I think the source of this information is Stellan Skarsgård, who was, uh, previously announced as part of the cast. He did a Swedish radio interview and talked about the fact that he has been filming scenes opposite Forrest Whitaker who, of course, played Saw Gerrera. Mm-hmm. Um, that has not been announced. Forrest Whitaker as Saw Gerrera returning to the show has not been announced. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's news to us. Um, but I would, have to, I would have to put this in the 99, I think 100% true. <laughs> uh, when, yeah. when one actor from the show is saying, hey, I've been doing scenes with <laughs> this person, uh, hard to believe that there's any way it's not real, right? Or not true. So um, I guess I'll say 99% because it was in Swedish. And uh, as the Tech Radar mm. article uh, <laughs> acknowledges, we have to trust the people who speak Swedish and translated it to uh, to be telling the truth. But it's got to be true. Um, so what do you think about Saw Gerrera coming back to Andor, Ryan? Excellent. Um, I think, you know, I think Saw Guerrera is um, definitely one of the, um, you know, just a great kind of success story of like the Disney era. Um, I think bringing that character 
you know, into, you know, most notably Rogue One, but also, um, you know, we've seen him show up in a lot of other places um, as well. And, you know, I think he's a character that, you know, delivers um, something different than, you know, typical uh, Star Wars heroes or villains because he's kind of not either. And, um, you know, he makes some good points, does some bad things. Um, yeah, just uh, just a great character. Um, always love to see more of him. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of his as well. Um, I think he's a great character, and that's, you know, part of why he shows up pretty frequently at this point mm-hmm. in new Star Wars stories. Um, I mean, recently he was in the Bad Batch, right? So uh, usually things set in an era in which he's available. Um, it seems like they use that character. Not always Forrest Whitaker, but they always use that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I think that's, you know, it totally makes sense. And then it's also, I mean, this is show ostensibly is going to be about uh, Cassian's early days as part of, you know, um, the nascent rebellion, right? So, I mean, it, it only makes total sense for um, a character like Sagarera to be involved in that kind of story too. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's good stuff. It's a great character. It's one, he's, he's kind of like one of these characters who's become, uh, uh, I don't know, what's the, I don't know how to phrase it, but like kind of the, the glue for this whole era of storytelling, mm-hmm. um, you know, in between a new hope and, uh, well, I guess in between the prequels and a new hope. Um, so he's really kind of a connective tissue. Maybe that's the phrase I'm looking for kind of a connective tissue to a lot of different components of that, of the storytelling in that era. So, um, yeah, makes total sense to bring him back. The other rumored returning character is Orson Krennic played of mm-hmm. course by Ben Mendelsohn. Um, Ryan, you, you sound like you, uh, find Ben Mendelsohn appealing, um, uh, based on that. Dude, that character reaction. was so good. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, just like a huge, um, I mean like the, the actors great too, obviously, mm-hmm. which is why mm-hmm. the character works so well, but I think like also just the character and the way he was written, uh, is fantastic. Um, so yeah, super, super happy if that, uh, turns out to be true. Yeah, same, same. Um, no, he was, he was definitely fantastic. Um, is just an incredible actor. Uh, and also, you know, I'm a, as you know, Ryan, I, I'm a big fan of the Steel Wars podcast and listen to that a lot. So, Mm -hmm. um, for years I have been hearing about Mendo, you know, a lot of excitement about Mendo, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, how he refers to him. And so, um, you know, like I can't just help but think of like all the fun and, uh, and, and kind of excitement um, around that character from, you know, that corner of like Star Wars fandom. Uh, but then also like um, because uh, Steel, who, you know, of course does that Steel Wars podcast is, is such a big fan of his, um, you know, he's, he's kind of mentioned a lot of things that I think are like, for instance, um, Ben Mendelsohn's uh, appearance at Star Wars Celebration Europe in, in the way he came out, like, you know, fully costumed and like fully like kind of in character and, uh, how he was, you know, kind of so enthusiastic about that stuff. And then, um, I of course listened to the episode of the Steel Wars podcast where Ben Mendelson drove his truck over to <laughs> Steele's apartment in LA and recorded a podcast with him about the whole thing, which, um, 
was, it was pretty crazy and pretty cool too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I love the character. And then also there's this whole other layer of kind of fun, um, with him just being a a pretty, I don't know, um, positive kind of, (laughs) uh, presence in uh mm-hmm. in, in at least my star wars you know kind of fandom over the last couple of years so um it is all very good and of course you know i mean you have a such a like a rich and interesting character like um uh krennic and it's a shame you know that uh well, i don't know if i should say it's a shame but you know it's <laughs> like well i'd love to see more of him because it's not a shame I, I don't think it's a shame when like a great character is in one movie and then they're not in more movies it's like oh no what a waste it's like no it's not it's i mean that's like standard movie stuff you know you (laughs) you make a movie and uh you swing for the fences and you make the best movie you can and you do the best job with the character that you can in that one movie and not everything has to be some you know ongoing whatever so it's 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 i don't kind of catch myself there saying like oh it's it's a shame because it's it's totally fine to have a great character and have them explored and executed really well not in the sense of being murdered you know but like (laughs) the execution of the (laughs) character (laughs) it's great to have that in in a movie and it's fine if it's just one movie but i think this show presents an opportunity to do more with that character and since it is such a great character let's do it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. all right cool anything else on these uh and or casting rumors no uh you know this show is real. It's happening. <laughs> I That's think, how I felt. Yeah, continue. Sorry. It, no, I just think this is one of the ones where, you know, for for a while there, we were like, "Is this really gonna? Are they real? Are, are we doing this? Yes. Are we are we really a, doing this? Um, really doing? There's been a lot of that going around this weekend because, um, you know, these stories and the fact that we're seeing, like, we've been seeing some cast or set photos from Andor for a couple like a month or two now so mm-hmm. we know it's real but i i don't know if you've seen any of the uh photographs of ewan mcgregor walking around with the black garbage bag oh, yeah. to hide his costume <laughs> you know that's been yeah. happening this weekend so i know that show is happening for real which you know i haven't been doubting it recently but for a while there we were uh-huh. and then uh lots of set photos of uh, harrison ford as indiana jones this weekend too yeah. or this week so lots of stuff where like all three of those projects are thing where things where it's like are they gonna like for real? Are they gonna happen? And they mm-hmm. all are. So it's awesome. What a what a time to be alive. Truly, truly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of what a time to be alive, Ryan, we've got to talk about mm. these new Mission Fleet toys from Hasbro. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you? Tell I me mean, about these. I don't know anything <laughs> about this. Oh, you haven't looked at the story yet. No, I'm looking okay, at these it now. Are, okay. <laughs> So Hasbro earlier this week did a, and I think oddly named, I don't really get it because I didn't watch the live stream, but it was called I Am Your Father's Day live stream. Um, And they announced a bunch of toys. And uh, these Mission Fleet toys are actually revealed the day before. I guess it was kind of like a, hey, don't forget, here's some new toys and don't forget we have that event tomorrow sort of announcement. (laughs) Um, But these Mission Fleet toys, I really like them. I don't have any of them. Yeah. Um, but I have some, or my son has some of the toys from like the previous uh, line. I think it was called Galactic Heroes, right? Uh, which mm. is pretty similar to this. You remember those stylized little kind of yeah. play school esque toys, right? These are these are a little more detailed. A little. It looks like they have a little bit more movement to mm-hmm. them. 
I, but I don't have any of them either. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like an, it's definitely an upgraded line cause they've got some really cool vehicles and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super cool this line, but we don't, we don't have any of them yet, but, uh, some of these are like irresistible. I don't know how I could possibly, um, you know, resist some of these, uh, especially having a seven year old in the house who would play with them a little bit. So, yeah. um, I really want the, uh, quill, um, from this line, which is out now. Um, and, uh, I would, I would love to get that cause pretty much any quill figure I could pick up, I would. So yeah, that's your dude. He's awesome. He's such a great character. That's why Amazon only sent you that one figure from the new line. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But why did they only send you that one figure? Because they associate me with you. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, they can't tell our voices apart on the podcast. <laughs> uh, could be. Well, anyway, um, this, the Mission Fleet announcements here are very Mandalorian-centric. There's a Razor Crest, which is probably the only Razor Crest either one of us are ever going to buy in, in toy mm-hmm. form. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, seems to ship with a Mando and Grogu. Um, there's a cute Grogu and Pram uh, with a squid food accessory Um stuff toy <laughs> which looks cool um there's a blurg with a mando and a stormtrooper um there is a uh what is that is that bo katan uh, uh yeah bo katan with ship as well um which looks really cool mm-hmm. and um an anakin skywalker uh with a little vehicle a stap uh, STAP, I guess, with a uh, battle droid. Um, and I'm off Gideon with his cool TIE fighter um, as well. So a bunch of great Mando stuff. Yeah. And then also there is a Bad Batch four pack um, of the uh, of the crew there, the Bad Batch. So there you go. Yeah. So um, so some some Bad Batch toys for kids, because so far there hasn't really been any Bad Batch toys for kids Um, yeah totally they're just like black series toys you know so yeah they look they look good yeah yeah and these are like super affordable right yeah they are i think part of the reason they all seem to come with some kind of little vehicle or something is to i think they're ten dollars the standard okay um figures but that's not bad you know because it's very it has a lot of uh playability toyetic qualities if you will Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, you know, if, if Hasbro's like bottom, you know, shelf price that they'll go for is 10 bucks for a Star Wars toy. Um, I think at least, you know, the, these seem like uh, a pretty solid, you know, value and they're very playable because I, I um, get bummed by the rising prices and like reduced playability <laughs> or reduced <laughs> like, you know, they just they seem like the prices keep going up and the primary purpose for the toys is just to be collected, not played with. So, um, these are lower priced and, uh, they're for playing with. So I think it's cool. Yeah. It looks like, um, the figures with the vehicles tend to be like between 15 and 20 bucks. Um, but there's also, you can just get like a figure with like a cool, like jetpack or something, um, for like eight bucks. Oh, eight dollars. Okay, that's less than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, because I was thinking of like the like the Anakin there with that little vehicle. Is that one of the like fifteen dollar ones, or I don't do you know, more like Gideon with the big Tie Fighter. Yeah, I don't know. I'm actually okay. I just like pulled them up on Amazon. I'll have to check when I actually go into Target. I've never really looked at these because I usually just glance for two seconds. Um, <laughs> I go down this one aisle at my local Target and I look for. AEW figure packaging and vintage collection or retro collection packaging. Sure. And if I don't yeah. see those, I like don't even go down the aisle. <laughs> yeah. Just, just keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause like the STAP, for instance, that's got to be an $8 figure, I would think. But then, yeah. It, uh, I, that's th- one th- I think that might be a 15. Really? Yeah, huh. we'll, we'll have to do some research on this. We'll report back on this. All right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But I do like the idea that the, it's like some of these kind of bring back the mini rig thing, you know, where it's just like a little, it's like loosely based on an actual Star Wars vehicle, but it's it's just mm-hmm. more of a, you know, it's totally about the playability. So. Yeah. I, I love just the sheer amount of projectiles, the yeah. spring-loaded projectiles that these things fling. Uh, it's definitely a throwback to like the... Like Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith era yeah. um, of figures, and I I kind of like the um, I, I like the uh, the 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 goofy lightsabers as well. Um, like not like them as in I'd want to have one, but I just like the idea of like a a lightsaber toy made for a real you know young child and so it's like, we'll, we'll put grogu's face on it you know what I mean? to make it more yeah those are I, wild I like yeah 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 all right let's move on to the uh the black series reveals um okay. ryan from mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. actual i am your father's day live stream yeah um which wasn't on father's day no 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 i don't yeah i'm not really sure about this whole thing but anyway um you are officially out of the black series game i believe mm-hmm. i um, am Okay, so none of these are going to pull you back in? Um, well, certainly not a Cassian or Jin Erso Black Series figure, which were mm-hmm. like the peg warmers. Yeah. At yeah. least here in Denver for a while. Oh, no, they de- they definitely were everywhere, I think. I think Jin in the vintage collection as well was too, right? So I think they just overproduced those. Mm-hmm. Um Unless she's not even in the vintage collection, but she is, right? I think she was she was in the first wave. I'm pretty sure. Um, anyway, yeah. Let's 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 focus on stuff that I know is true, which mm-hmm. is that there are a bunch of Rogue One themed uh, vintage collection figures being released, and uh, some of them are are pretty exciting. Um, most notably, in my opinion, Bodhi Rook, um, which is a I think a long requested you know figure, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, a nice Bodhi Rook, and it looks really good the face looks incredible i think um it I, I don't know if it says anywhere here but i'm gonna assume this is one of the deluxe figures which is a slightly less incredible just because of this big um contraption on his back that uh, no first- he's a regular he's retail price which is now 23 dollars. oh god okay all right so <laughs> So that's officially like the Black Series is no longer 20 bucks on their 20. Well, I think, you know, it depends on where you buy it from. But they're saying in the press release here mm-hmm. suggests approximate retail price twenty two ninety nine. Oh, OK. So twenty three. OK. Look at you reading the uh, press release and doing even the most minimal amount of research to 
<laughs> share accurate information. Okay. Um, well, we've got uh, we've got a really great looking Bodhi Rook. We've got a Jin Urso and a Cassian Andor. Uh, maybe updated face paint apps, probably right. Um, I don't know if it says that in your press release, Ryan, or not. But the photo real <laughs> application is uh, is probably being applied there um, when it wouldn't have been originally. Um, either way, they, they both look good. Mm-hmm. I think as you pointed out earlier, a lot of people probably have, uh, gins and, uh, and Cassians already, but it makes a ton of sense to be releasing, uh, Cassians, um, or a Cassian toy, I guess at this point with the show on the way. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if there's been rumors about Riz Ahmed potentially being in the Andor show or not. Um, I think it'd mm. be, a, they'd probably have to do some. I don't know, some writing gymnastics to get him in there potentially, but I guess they could probably do that. Right. So um, yeah, there might be a possibility of that and it could be a reason to be um, re-releasing these toys um, or releasing these toys uh, for the first time. Some of them, there's a K2SO, um, which I'm sure I know there was a K2SO uh, black series before. I don't have that one. Maybe you do. Uh, I have, I have two, I have one five POA K2 and the recent vintage collection one. Um, Okay. And both of them are horrible at standing up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I would hope this one would be better, but if the vintage collection one is no good um, in that regard, then could be tough for this one too, huh? I don't know. Um. And then we've uh, we've got a uh, Jared Imway and a Baze Malvis, um, which both look great. Um, is Baze a uh, deluxe? Maybe not, huh? No. Okay, no. good, 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 good. Um, well, those guys are great. I I maybe would. I mean, that's like a great pair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see myself. This is like two hundred dollars worth of Black Series figures. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I might spring for that Bodhi Rook. He looks fantastic. Um, and then like the Chirrut Bays combo would be excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's an Antok Merrick figure. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I, that's a little surprising. I feel like that's gotta be a, I bet he's in Cassian, uh, or in Andor in the show, mm. you know, would make a lot of sense. Sure. Um, yeah. And then, uh, again, I think, uh, a really good looking, um, Galen Urso. Uh, yeah, as well. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. He looks really good. Um, in his, uh, his Death Star, you know, what was, I forget the name of the team, but, um, his, uh, his Death Star engineer outfit mm-hmm. uniform there. So, um, he looks great too. So yeah. Um, I think I, I don't. I think every figure looks really, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I suppose the, the, the K2SO is, you know, um, to be expected, right? Like they, they can make a pretty good looking black series droid at this point, but, uh, but all the faces on the other figures look great too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They just all look great. So exciting stuff, especially for those who collect black series. Um, yeah. You know, that's not you. Um, it's not really me, but I'm not like, I don't know. I would consider some of them. So Mm -hmm. good stuff. Yeah. Did you see uh, much reaction to this online? Were people excited? Um, 
I think, think like the the Merrick figure um, okay. was like surprising. And so people were excited for that. I saw people mostly talking about that one. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, then let's move on to discussing the vintage collection figures that were also announced. Um, we've got a, uh, a Rebel Trooper uh, here. Rebel Trooper. Um, we've got a Bo-Katan uh, vintage collection. So that's exciting, right? Yeah, big time. I would think that's one that you'd be pretty hyped about. Oh yeah, yeah. So we've got. A I'm. Bo-Katan. I mean, I'm stoked for almost all these. Yeah, Rebel Trooper, Hoth Trooper. N- not so much. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's okay. where the almost comes in. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, so we've got that Hoth Trooper, um, Echo Base Battle Gear. We've got the Bo-Katan. Um, we've got the Mithril figure, uh, mm-hmm. which. Looks really, really good. This is yeah. the blue Horatio Sands alien from uh, the Mandalorian. And man, that face looks, that face sculpt and paint app looks really, really good. Yeah. Um, so he's a bunch great. of accessories too. That's true. He's got the hologram. He's got the uh, binders, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, blaster. What's this? Hydro spanner? Is that a hydro spanner? Ooh. I don't know what that is. Uh, some kind of tool. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have uh, also your boy, my boy. Yes, an incredible looking quill here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just recently picked up the the black series version of him, but I will very happily grab a vintage collection uh, quill as well. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty sweet. Um, I think I pre ordered him actually. Uh, I think I did. I think I got the quill and the mithril maybe. Um, now I have vague memories. I pre-ordered two <laughs> of these figures on Amazon the other day, like five hours after the show was over. And I was shocked to see that they were still up. Um, and I think those are the two that I got. Huh? Yeah. Did you, I don't, I don't remember you, if I did or not. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the, that's the, that's the stage mm-hmm. we're in here. Um, so Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, those are the vintage collection reveals. Um, and as you said, you're excited about almost all of them, mm-hmm, except mm-hmm. for that poor echo base trooper. Yeah. Sorry. I, you know, I have like three of those from power of the force too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, finally there are some black series archive releases as well. The archive line is when they, uh, re-release previous figures in uh, the archive-style packaging, so it's not the box. Um, and I don't know, are they numbered? Or are they just, uh, I don't even know if they're numbered, because that's a big thing with the Black Series figures, is their, mm-hmm. their number um, for those who are completionists. So, um, but yeah, they they re-released these uh, previously available figures, uh, usually with the photo reel, I think it's called, photo reel paint app on the face. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes they look a little better than the previous figure. So in this line, uh, the Black Series Archive, there is a Leia Organa from A New Hope. There is an Obi-Wan Kenobi figure from Revenge of the Sith. Um, A Darth Revan figure. And a 501st Legion clone trooper figure. Um, These are all part of this Archives line. So what's your reaction to these ones, Ryan? Um, What do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, not really for me, um, which is fine. But, uh, 
I know that the uh, the Revan is one that people want. Um, you know, that's a very popular character um, within a certain you know group of fans. So um, I think that's cool. Hopefully, it will be readily available um, mm-hmm. for folks. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like these. Um, I yeah, I think they're all they all look good. Uh, I don't think the likenesses on Leia and Obi Wan are quite as strong as say like the Galen Erso and the Bodhi Rook and the you know. Mm. Um, the the Rogue One figures we were just talking about. Um, I don't think like the 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 Obi Wan looks good. He looks like Ewan McGregor pretty much. Like it, it's pretty good, but I, I don't think it. You know, based on these photos, anyways, it doesn't seem to quite have the the same level of uh, of of likeness as uh, the newer figures. And I feel the same way about the the Leia too. I mean, the figure looks good. It's a nice looking you know kind of face application or, or whatever. Um, and it looks like 90% of the way there, but, uh, really just looking at the photos of the, the rogue one series that they're, uh, that they also announced. It's just like, I can't believe how close the likeness is on a mainstream Hasbro figure on those mm-hmm. ones. So I don't think these archive figures are quite there. Um, I agree personally. for yeah. sure. Like okay. I think, um, you know, I was just looking like at like close-ups of like the, um, you know, cheer it and um, those Rogue One figures, and like they are so good. They're like <laughs> they're almost like like a, like a Hot Toys or like Kotobukiya or something. Um, yeah, quality and for like a twenty three dollar figure, like that's fantastic. And yeah, I think you're right. The um, the Leia and the Obi Wan, they look good. Like you definitely can tell who they are. Um, it's not like like a weird Poe Dameron situation mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, where they can't capture his hotness. Um, but like, yeah, they're just they're not on the same level. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Well, I would say overall, pretty pretty good uh, set of announcements there. Um, probably not as many vintage collection um announcements as as we would have been hoping for or especially you would have been hoping for there's um, usually not <laughs> usually not but it's it was still pretty pretty decent uh a lot of good mandalorian vintage collection stuff there so i would say you know pretty solid overall uh set of announcements from from mm-hmm. hasbro yeah hasbro yeah i mean honestly like when i th- like i'm always like yes give me 500 vintage collection figures but then when i think about like how much money do i actually want to spend on star wars figures a month i'm like yeah give me 30 dollars 30 40 dollars worth of figures and that's like good for like a two-month period (laughs) because these are like they're getting expensive now like the i mean we we harp on this constantly but it's true like when you're when you're talking about these figures i just um went on and uh rudely uh while we're recording pre-ordered the mithril and quill uh vintage collection figures because they were still up on amazon and uh they're you know after tax they're like you know almost 16 dollars each right and it's like well cool yeah you know that's two i still want to get the bo-katan 
but uh like i'm good like i don't really want to be spending over 50 dollars a month on star wars figures like to be honest i have i have hundreds here (laughs) like i don't i'm not like in a drought of star wars figures um but yeah like that's about all i want to spend so yeah yeah, I, don't, I would agree. I don't mind. I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, a couple sets, I mean, for me, like a couple sets of five or six figures a year would be like plenty. You know what I mean? If they put out like vintage or 15 like vintage collection figures a year, I mean, I'm not even going to buy all of those. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I know there's other more serious toy collectors who there's people for whom, you know, uh, Star Wars toy collecting is like their primary, like that might be their biggest interest in Star Wars or their favorite part of uh, right. Star Wars fan or whatever. So I can definitely understand, you know, kind of wanting more product and stuff, but it, it, it does make sense. So um, to me is like, as long as the stuff they're announcing is good and uh, especially if they can keep the prices in like a decent range, then I think I'm happy. And uh, you know, the point you made a few minutes ago about the black series stuff, like, uh, the prices are going up and that is a bummer, but, um, the quality is pretty damn impressive. Like I'm looking, mm-hmm. I have a handful of black series figures on my shelf here next to my computer where I'm recording and I'm looking at this quill and this, uh, grief carga and even the Snoke from when the last Jedi came out and like, they look really, really good. Um, you know, the Snoke I got for like five or 10 bucks on a clearance mm-hmm. at GameStop. So, <laughs> you know, he was definitely worth the, the money, but, uh, but yeah, like the grief carga and and and, and the um, the quill look fantastic. And even um, I'm looking at the I have the grief carga vintage collection here too. Um, he's still in the package for now. I'll take him out eventually. But uh, I mean, even that looks fantastic as well. So um, yeah, I don't have com- uh, complaints about the quality at this point. I think they're looking really really good. So at least they have that going for them since uh, they don't seem to be able to keep the the prices a little lower. Um, and if they could, you know, I've t- we've talked about it ad nauseum on the show, so I won't, you know, I'll just 15 seconds and I'll be done. But if they could have like that $7.50 figure, you know, swinging on the shelf at Target or whatever, mm-hmm. then I'd want more. I'd want more product. Because oh, yeah. it would be like walk down the aisle and grab it while, while I'm out buying almond milk or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we're we're well out of that territory at this point, in my opinion, where it's like, I mean, I might grab a figure, I guess, like if I'm at Target and I see it. But um it's not really like, oh yeah, every time I go to Target, I'll just grab two or three Star Wars toys because they're $6 a piece or whatever. Like those days are gone. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ryan, <laughs> tell me about, uh, as the uh, next generation video game expert on our podcast here, tell me about this Jedi Fallen Order next gen stuff. Um, what are the improvements and uh, how does this all work? Yeah, well, um, it's a little disappointing. <laughs> I'll oh, just really? start with that. Yep. Oh, okay. um, so I uh, I updated on both uh, Xbox Series X and uh, PlayStation 5. Xbox Series X was very easy. Um, it's just you go to start the game and it's like, hey, there's an upgrade available. And then you press OK and then it downloads like 40 gigs of upgradeness and you're good to go yeah is Um, this like a smart delivery thing is that what makes it easier yep okay and then uh and then i was able to just like jump right in with the save i had the game is on game pass so even though i had never i I had actually bought the game originally on ps4 and that's where i played through it 
Um, but it's on Game Pass. So, um, you know, I already had it downloaded because I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to play through this game again and never did, um, which is a thing I do. And uh, yeah, and I was able to just like jump right in. It like loaded my save data like automatically in like two seconds and I was good to go Um, on PS5. It was kind of the usual nightmare um, with how these upgrades go. And it's funny because I had just done this uh, uh, two days prior with uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, which I'll be bringing up a few times here because it's kind of a good comparison point. Um, because that game also got a uh, PS5 up- upgrade this week. Um, so y- it's absurd you for the um, doing this stuff on PS- PS4 to PS5, um, because you have to like go into the PlayStation Store, like find the game, and then they'll be like, you know, in like the the DLC section, they'll be like, here's like an upgrade to the PS five version. And then you have to, um, you know, it's like, it's its own kind of like download thing. Like I get, after I, you know, click on it, I get an email from Sony. That's like, thank you for your purchase of $0. Um, and so like you download the upgraded version. Um, and then for, Final Fantasy VII Remake, you have to download the PS4 version and the PS5 version if you have previous save data. And you, then you you have to go into the PS4 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake and click on this like menu uh, at the title screen to upgrade up upload your um, PS4 save data and then then you can use it in um, the PS5 version. And then you have to like go and delete your PS4 version again. Um, ridiculous. So something Jedi Fallen Order does that's really cool is you still have to have um, the PS4 version on your system in some capacity. So you can just basically start downloading it and then just go to like the PlayStation Plus cloud saves thing and um, and download your save data to your um, PS5. And then, uh, you, then you can just delete it. You don't actually have to go into the PS4 version of the game. Um, and then you just upload. Then you like click on the PS5 version and then you upload your save data using the PS4. PS Plus cloud saves system. Mm. Okay. So I feel like that entire rant was just exclusively for our friend Dan, who is like <laughs> going to be playing these games soon. Um, but that's what you have to do. It's like, it's really, it's really annoying on PlayStation. But Jedi Fallen Order is the first game that you didn't have to like go into the previous version of the game and do like a manual upload. So that's okay. something that's cool. But this is so this is like the the difference between the two is all down to Sony and Microsoft, right? Not EA. Like it's like Sony's system for dealing with this kind of stuff that's just more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um because EA it seems like is like uh cuz one thing I notice here is that like even if you have a disc version of the game, 
but the version like the next gen console you bought doesn't have a disk drive you can still like call them and get the or go to their support site or whatever and get like a free upgrade yeah Um, so so there it seems like ea is actually like doing pretty much everything they can to like help people um you know upgrade for free so uh i would just throw that out there because of like all that complication you were just discussing is really discussing (laughs) uh it's just like a platform holder uh issue more so than like a problem with the game right yeah Yep. Um, So no, he's so good on EA. Um, And which uh, is not a statement that's historically made all that often. You know what I mean? Good on EA. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, We'll see how their E3 is tomorrow or whenever it is. Um, Yeah. So then you, okay. Now actually playing the game. um, It's, there's a performance mode with, uh, 60 frames per second, 1440p resolution. On paper, that's not bad. I I will take that. Um, You know, 1440p, it's pretty good resolution on a 4K TV. Um, And then obviously 60 frames per second is what you want in an action game. And the problem... (laughs) with this is um it doesn't it the 60 frames per second is mostly consistent but in i tried both versions of um the game on series x and ps5 and i still noticed stuttering and which is not like really the same i as like a frame rate drop or like a lower frame rate, but it's just like, it's just like the game like hitches occasionally. And so like it, despite it like mostly feeling smooth, it, when that happens, it just completely takes you out of it and it doesn't feel smooth anymore. Cause it just had like this big hiccup. Um, so that's in there. Also, um, I was especially surprised with this on PS5 because one of the, you know, big things that I really appreciate and love about the PlayStation 5 is the super fast uh, SSD uh, hard drive with, um, you know, and all kind of the streamlining they did mm. um, to just make uh, load times pretty much non-existent. Um, you know, I was telling you about this a uh, couple weeks ago, but like playing through Resident Evil 8 on PS5, there just weren't load times. Like the game just went from, you know, from the title screen to the end credits. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's so cool. Um, but uh, yeah, Jedi Fallen Order has like the most egregious load times I've seen of, um, you know, this, this new console generation, like it, um, they're shorter than they were, you know, playing on the other consoles for sure. But you're still looking at like 10, 15 second load times, Mm -hmm. which just feels weird when you've kind of gotten used to like, you know, just one second load times or zero second load times, Um, 
So, yeah, and like you know the the game really doesn't. I mean, it the resolution's good, like fourteen forty p. Like I said, it's a it's good resolution, but it doesn't really look a ton better. It's um, and you know, I I brought up Final Fantasy VII remake before. Like that is a game that um, on PS5 has a rock solid 60 frames per second, like lightning quick load times, and like the textures just generally look better across the board, and uh, and like that it feels like a huge upgrade. Um, whereas like. Jedi Fallen Order definitely does not feel that way with the upgrade. And, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll patch it and keep improving things on it. But, um, you know, honestly, that game's been out for a couple of years now, like and they're not releasing new DLC or story content or anything for it. So, like, I kind of wonder if, like, they've probably moved on um at this point so i think like you know kind of what we got now is probably what we're going to get um and i will say like it's definitely better than playing on the previous generation of consoles but not by a whole lot so Hmm. yeah it's definitely like if you were like well this uh, this upgrade happened i'm gonna go spend $1,300 $1,300 on eBay to get a PS5 because I love Cal Kestis that much and mm. I want to play him in his like best form. Like, don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's an improvement, but definitely one of like the weaker improvements of like these next gen upgrades. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um, you say they've probably moved on. I think like we pretty much know that they have moved on to a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, right? Or at least somebody's moved on to a sequel to Jedi Order. Um, and uh, potentially we'll be hearing about that um, possibly in the next couple of days, right? Because EA still has an E3 press conference happening. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. think they're going to, do you think they're going to show it? Uh, I may, I have no idea. I, I certainly think it's happening. I think they've probably been working on it for a while. So um they could be, I, I, yeah. Um, I don't, uh, I don't follow like EA's habits and, and that kind of thing mm. all that much. I don't know. Uh, I saw somewhere, uh, this seems sketchy to me, but I saw someone rumoring, uh, a battle, uh, battlefront three too. Um, which I mean, maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I would assume there'll be some star Wars content at the EA, uh, panel or whatever it's called <laughs> ea video so uh yeah we'll see but uh, yeah i would guess next week there'll be some star wars video game uh updates coming out of e3 yeah i think the i think the one that's most likely is that switch game what was that called hunters oh yeah yeah the mobile yeah mobile switch game mm-hmm. i think like that feels most likely i don't I don't know if we see a big Star Wars game until Celebration, honestly. Mm, okay, okay. I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, because um, one of, like, cause the new Battlefield game, like the military one, 
was just revealed. And that's like the big hype from Dice and EA. And I think it's like the same team that works on Battlefront. So I'm not expecting that. And I don't know if maybe Fallen Order 2. I don't know. I'm not expecting much. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, And maybe, maybe Skywalker Saga. You know, I mean, that wouldn't be an EA thing, right? But um, potentially some more info on that game or some more footage of that game, you know, Lego, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Uh, yeah. Which is releasing later that this year. That could show up guess, as a Nintendo presentation. Yeah. That would yeah. fit. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Or maybe something we don't expect either that we don't know about could happen. The you rumored KOTOR game. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd be happy just to get the Mandalorian tables for Star Wars Pinball on my Switch. You know, that'd be cool. I'd be cool with um, that, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But uh, if there is any Star Wars video game news happening at E3, we will report on it next week for because sure. Because we're huge nerds. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's nerd out about this Bad Batch episode, right? Mm. Um, Battle Scars, the seventh episode of season one of the Bad Batch. Um, I loved it. Uh, I don't think you loved it quite as much as I did, but I thought it was a killer episode. Um, a couple of things we talked about last week were: will they just pick up with who uh, Trace and? Um, Rafa, is that Trace and Rafa? Is that their names? Mm-hmm. Um, who they were talking to? Um, will they pick up with that next week, or will it be an ongoing mystery? Like, nope, they they pretty much just picked up with it right away. Yeah. So um, they are they are not, um, you know, kind of leaving those threads hanging uh, at all. They just kind of <laughs> immediately pay those off. So that's interesting. Um, and the other thing we talked about is uh, what'll happen with these chips in their heads, and um, I guess kind of like will they. Will they uh, succumb to Order sixty six and their and their chips? And uh, that has been kind of uh, pretty much um, resolved as well. Yeah, so there goes my on theory episode. on that one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But uh, basically, this episode features the return of Captain Rex. Um, and I think did we? I think we pontificated or theorized about him coming back too last week, didn't we? Um, or at least sometime in the last couple of weeks, we were discussing uh, the likelihood of, of Rex returning, I, I want to say. So yeah. he did. He's back. Um, I don't think it's surprising, but uh, I enjoyed the the way they used uh, Rex here in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a pretty action-packed uh, or I guess pretty like significant episode in terms of the, uh, the overall narrative of the Bad Batch. Um, so I think pretty rewarding on that level. Yeah, and also uh, a nice uh, Jedi Fallen Order 
connection here in this episode. Because they go to the planet Braca? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Right, I'm impressed that I figured that out so quickly because when you said it, I was like, wait, what was that? And then I figured it out. So, um, well nice. done. Yeah. To both of us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool <laughs> um, stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, let's run through the episode. Uh, basically, in the beginning, they're on the run. Uh, opens up with one of those cold open space battles. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode does. And uh, they uh, jump into hyperspace. They get back to Sid's uh, cantina, um, bring the bounty back to her, which is a lizard that uh, Omega has, uh, has named Ruby. And uh, when they get back there, there's somebody creeping in the cantina with a hood on. Mm-hmm. Um looking real shady and that turns out to be rex um so uh once uh once that is revealed that that's who it is uh of course it's like you know reunion clone reunion there and uh you know rex is very curious about omega and like what's the story there and they're kind of catching up um but then uh once uh wrecker kind of acknowledges or or reminds um the audience that he's having these headaches uh, and and Rex figures out that they all have their inhibitor chips. Um, Things get a little tense for a moment there. (laughs) Rex is, uh, they do the cowboy shot where Rex is reaching for that pistol, the -hmm. blaster. And uh, it's a little dicey for a second. Um, I think we know that Rex isn't actually going to blast the bad batch or anything, but uh, a little tense there for a second. Um, and basically I think they, they tell him like, look, we're, we're going to get rid of the chips. We just haven't prioritized that or gotten to it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when Rex is like, okay, I'll chill here, but we got to figure this out. Um, is that a fair, uh, summary of the opening act of this episode? Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's, you know, if, if follows, it it follows Rex's story from Clone Wars season seven, Siege of Mandalore, uh, really well. Like it totally makes sense why he'd just be like, "Oh crap, I'm gonna have to kill you," like because <laughs> yeah. he just had to do a whole lot of that. <laughs> or I right. guess I don't know how much time has passed here. Is this? Are we talking uh, months? Probably, it, maybe months, but yeah, not too long, right? I mean. Um, yeah, not too long. And that would have been pretty traumatic. Although th- did he, he didn't actually didn't like him and Ahsoka just stun all those clones. Yeah, I thought probably. they made a point of that. Yeah. I don't know if he actually killed any of his brothers or not, but yeah. well, maybe he just traumatic. was reaching for his stunner pistol here. Could be, could be, but either way it would have been a traumatic experience, obviously for him to be, you know, attacked by all those clones the way he was there in the siege of Mandalore. So, um, yeah, I, I honestly didn't even really think about that uh, as I was watching this episode, but um, makes uh, total sense. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, so basically, Rex is like, okay, I'm going to figure out uh, what to do. I think I have an idea, um, and that's when they travel to Baraka, right? And the reason they go to Braca is because there's it's an Imperial shipyard, right? Uh, or not shipyard, but like it's where they break down all these uh these imperial ships like the the uh, wrecked uh imperial ships that's yeah yes i have my i have my uh my lore correct there yeah and that's where um you know cal cal kestis is working at the start of jedi fallen order 
Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so they're breaking down those ships, and, and Rex knows that one of those ships will have basically like the, what would you call it, the med bay or the the equipment, the uh, <laughs> the machinery necessary to complete the surgery. Um, yeah. I was, I was like watching the episode, and I was like, oh, this is kind of like Prometheus, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, not that, as That's a good vibe to get. Mm, well, yeah. Different vibes, but uh, just reminded me of it because yeah. it's very horrifying in Prometheus, and um, yeah, not quite so much here. But well, uh, I, I like being reminded of Prometheus personally. Yeah. I just watched it a month or two ago, actually. So nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they they go there. They have to kind of sneak in because the Scrapper Guild is uh, is kind of keeping an eye on everything, um, which is basically, I think, kind of the what the stinger for next week's episode or the lead into next week's episode or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. because they do spot them at the end, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah, they have to uh, get in there. And then, um, once they do, um, once they do, there's, there's kind of like a little, (laughs) I guess I I almost forgot about this little action sequence where uh, Wrecker is uh, having to, to kind of shimmy across the rope, um, you know, to get from one side of the, the ship to another over that chasm and, uh, falls in. And, uh, I don't know, is it a Dianoga down there? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, it's no. like a Dianoga cr- crossed with a Sarlacc. No, I think it is a Sarlacc. I think it just, okay. is a Sarlacc, probably. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Cause I was like, oh yeah, I remember there's those tentacles and it's in the water. It's probably a Dianoga. Right. But no, like you get a really good look at it, um, at the end of that sequence. And I'm pretty sure it's just a Sarlacc. So, I don't know. Okay. Are they like wampas where there's like ice wampas and sand wampas and like sand sarlax and water yeah, sarlax? Yeah, like we've or... seen some like weird sarlax in Star Wars, like okay, in recent years. So I think it can be like they can be a few different things. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, like, oh wait, Wikipedia is saying it's a Dianoga. How could that be a Dianoga? That looks just like a sarlax. That's why I said it's a cross. They're they're breeding cross well, this... species. It, that's canon. Okay, all right. But w- Wikipedia doesn't say it's a Dianoga crossed with a Sarlacc. It just says it's a Dianoga. Yeah, I haven't updated the entry yet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. I I still say it's a Sarlacc, but whatever. Sure. Um, yeah, so then uh basically they uh they end up in the in the med bay there and uh they're they're uh, they who who gets it first? Is it uh tech? No, tech's the one doing the job. Who gets the who gets the chip taken care of first? Oh, I don't remember. All right. Well, somebody has it done and I think first, right? And then they're going to have uh Wrecker or were they going to Maybe no, they must have been starting with Wrecker because he's the one with the headaches. So maybe they were just going to start with him. Mm. But either way, uh, Wrecker's chip activates and he flips out and turns on uh, the crew. And uh, there is quite the battle. Um, and uh, you know, I think like it was. It, I think they did a pretty pretty good job of um, kind of emphasizing the uh betrayal component of it and like how that would emotionally 
you know, kind of impact uh, everybody else. Um, this is ground that they've covered with uh, Crosshair um, mm-hmm. too, obviously. But in this case, like they've been sort of emphasizing the bond between uh, Wrecker and Echo for the last couple episodes, I feel like, um, ever since he hooked her up with that real nice um, room on the ship there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it's, it's, you know, obviously a total betrayal to her. And, you know, she looks to the Bad Batch for... Um, you know, kind of safety and security and that kind of thing. And then he turns on her. So it's, it's pretty traumatic on that level. Um, and I think a, a pretty interesting um, development there. And uh, I like what they, I like the way they, you know, kind of approach that story. Um, what did you think about all that, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, I think it was, uh, it was fine. Um, I, I feel like this was kind of like one of those inevitabilities um, in the show. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, it kind of happened the way that I guess I would expect. Um, and the outcome was kind of like what I expected as well. Mm-hmm. In, in the sense that like, the, cause the outcome is basically he battles them and, and, uh, and they're able to like, after, uh, quite a bit of damage, he almost kills, uh, he tries to choke out uh, Tech, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, is that who he's choking, I want to say? Uh, yeah, but then basically Rex is the one who's able to uh, stop him. But he's uh, he was about... Wait a minute. Was it was it Rex? Yeah, it was Rex who stopped him, right? I don't But he remember. was like attacking Omega. Um, he was uh, attacking Omega, and she had the blaster, and... Uh, and she was, um, you know, kind of like not able to to shoot him, I think. And it's uh, Rex who actually is able to. Yeah, because that's like the, the most tense and kind of like intense moment there is is uh, like Omega, like backed up into the corner, like up against a wall and like Wrecker's coming at her. And like that's where like it's like uh, obviously just the whole thing, like seeing Wrecker like turn on a dime like that is traumatic. But then like he straight up like has her cornered and is, you know, repeating his good soldiers follow orders line mm-hmm. and getting ready to shoot her. Um, and, you know, again, like she had that blaster. She's like, I don't want to hurt you, Wrecker. Um, and she ultimately doesn't. Like she's not able to do it. And then, you know, luckily Rex shows up and stuns him from behind. So, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose, like you said, that is probably what we would expect them to do because they've been building this connection between Wrecker and Omega. And if you're going to have a uh, Wrecker turn and, and be influenced by his chip and kind of, you know, whatever be uh, under the influence of order 66, then Omega would be the most vulnerable and the mm-hmm. most, um, it would be the most traumatic for him to like attack her that way. So it, it all checks out. It all makes sense. But uh, I mm-hmm. felt like it was dramatically um, pretty effective. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's, uh, they, you know, it, it kind of played, it kind of played out in just the way you'd expect where, you know, he, he flips, uh, but, you know, they subdue him and then he feels bad about it. Um, which is, I think, you know, kind of, he, he doesn't like really cause any like actual damage. That's true. Or yeah. Like and any I think, actual harm. 
Yeah. And it happens really fast too, in terms of like, you know, uh, it's, it's, he, he, he turns and then is like redeemed or whatever you want to say, like in the same episode, you know what I mean? Within like five minutes. I was going to say in the same half of the episode. Yeah. It's like very fast, (laughs) but I think it, you know, it's a lot of like bang for your buck in that sense. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, a very, a very big couple minutes, you know what I mean? A lot going on and, and like feels like, whoa, mm. like they really went there and, and did it. Um, but then at the same time, it, it kind of like, now that's off the table in terms of like all the dramatic mm. possibilities of them having these chips because, you know, Wrecker turns, they stop him, they do the surgery, you know, they get the chip out of his head and then like, they're like, okay, whoop de doo um, just get him out of everybody mm-hmm. else's heads too. So like that is totally like, that's all gone now. Um, I mean, you still have crosshair, I guess. And, uh, and, and I'm sure, um, at some point soon they'll be returning to kind of like dealing with him and, and trying to figure out if they can save him or not. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, they, they kind of did like just very quickly wrap up that whole conflict. Um, yeah. By in, in this one episode. So, and um, I think like, what I meant by like saying like he didn't really do any damage is like mm-hmm. it kind of just, you know, resets to where things were, you know, before he had his headaches or even when he had his headaches, um, you know, uh, through like the first f- four or five episodes. Um, it's not like a, you know, this person could kind of go either way type thing. And then, you know, something with like, you know, Ben solo and he, uh, you know, it's kind of like that moment where he kills Han and then you're like, Oh, well this just got a lot more complicated. Um, kind of thing. Um, like there, there wasn't really that here. It was just like, okay, well we're friends again. And he's like, Oh, shucks. I feel bad for trying to kill you, but they're like, that's Okay. And then, like, you know, this is all within, like, 20 minutes yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But also, I guess, you know, you said it earlier. It's kind of what we would expect, right? I think that's right. the kind of storytelling that we're dealing with in this show. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, uh, I don't even necessarily think that's a problem. It's a cartoon. It's, you know, aimed at everybody. But, you know, it's certainly for children. And, um, like, I, I, you know, I've kind of been saying this the last few episodes but i just think with these big broad archetype you know character um like kind of the the approach that they've taken to these characters i just i feel like it's going to play out like the cartoons i watched growing up in terms of Mm -hmm. you know that's basically how it would be handled in in like a saturday morning cartoon that we watched as children you know what i mean you wouldn't have like this thing with like this drama with wrecker like you know the lingering trauma of this moment between them like you know playing out for a season or something it would be like you know uh Krang somehow turned Raphael bad for an episode. And then at the end of the episode, they're all eating pizza together again. And it's like, we'll move on to the next adventure next week. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's kind of how they do it. So, um, I mean, I think the storytelling in, in this show is obviously like, you know, considerably more complex and, 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 you know, there's, there's more depth to it than like the Ninja Turtle show (laughs) or whatever. Right. But, uh, But I still think like overall, like the narrative, the time spent and, and, and that sort of thing is a little closer to something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but you know, that being said, like, I, I do think 
it's very fast, but you know, they, they lingered on or, or kind of emphasized the fact that Omega was like, no, I'm not leaving. Cause Rex is like, Hey, you should take her up, you know, out of this room and mm-hmm. bring her up and let her hang out on the top of the ship or whatever. And she's like, no, I am not leaving him. I'm going to stick by his side until he's okay again. And then, you know, um, as much as it was like a minute long, they did have like Wrecker stumbling through, fumbling through, apologizing to Omega. And, you know, I, I, I felt like, yes, it was fast, but I, I definitely sensed like that legitimate, like deep guilt on his part, you know? So, um, and, and there was the, the Mantel mix from the beginning of the episode in the end, which was, mm-hmm. you know, a cute little thing. Don't you think? That's like their that's their tradition, Ryan. They get it's popcorn together after yeah. every mission. And, and they don't cute. pay for it because they're filthy <laughs> thieves putting <laughs> crap on other people's tabs. Which is uh, disgusting. Y- Those are not role models for children in a children's no, show. I thought that was fun. And I think Sid is ripping them off personally. So mm, probably. Well I mean, she was like, Well, you know, all these all these expenses and stuff, but like mm, for real. Yeah. It seemed like it was like a 70 30 type thing where she's keeping most of the money and they're doing all the work, you know? So it's true. I think p- put as much Mantel mix on it, which was hilarious too, because um, it's like, yeah, you know, this, here's this big score from getting this bounty. Uh, you you would have gotten a way bigger share, but like all that popcorn you've been buying, like, <laughs> like you could expense popcorn for like a year before it would even make like the tiniest dent into <laughs> the score for that bounty you know what i mean um she listed other things too but it's just like you know oh here's a hundred thousand dollar job but you've been you've been expensing popcorn so never mind you don't get a big cut like what i mean (laughs) what what impact could that possibly have you know maybe it's like really expensive popcorn maybe there's like it could be it's like those uh was it like ice cream or something like that rich people eat that has like gold flakes in it maybe yeah, I don't know. Could, it could be that. To me, dip dip and dots is rich people ice cream. Because <laughs> we, we, we were at Magic Waters the other day, and like my kids wanted dip and dots, and it's like, dude, dip and dots are like ten dollars for. It's crazy. What? It's, I think they're eight dollars for like t- the tiniest cup is like eight dollars or something. That's ridiculous. It is. Yeah, those are Six Flags prices. Um, all right. Well, that's that's kind of how things shake out there with uh, with Wrecker and Omega. Mm-hmm. And then the episode mm-hmm. wraps up with uh, Rex, basically. And there's been a lot of conversations like this between like mm-hmm. some other figure and the Bad Batch. Um, so it's a recurring theme <laughs> here. But like, hey, do you guys want to like, you know, contribute and like help, you know, kind of push back against the Empire? And uh, every time Hunter's like, nah, not yet, but we'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of where the conversation went, but, uh, it, it was definitely Rex being like, Hey, I'm working with others, right? Like I'm, I'm involved with a larger kind of effort here or whatever. Um, and you guys mm-hmm. could be too. Uh, yeah, I th- it's so funny how there's just like a rotating cast of people like having those conversations mm-hmm. with, uh, with Hunter in particular, he's the one who handles all the grown-up decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And because, uh, like, no, no one's asking Echo like this. <laughs> like, you know, again, like uh, we talked about last week, like the existential questions. Like, yeah, no, like Hunter's the only tortured soul here. <laughs> um, but like, it, this feels like, you know, <laughs> I just imagine at like Lucasfilm Animation, um, you know. 
Filoni being like, can we just have like Ahsoka come in and like ask them about this? Like, I think, I think she could really give them like a good, you know, convo around this. Yeah. And they're like, no, we're not, we can't, no, no Ahsoka, Dave. No, Ahsoka is definitely showing up in this. I'm like, I'm more convinced than ever after <laughs> this conversation. Cause Rex was like, you know, like I am part mm-hmm. of a larger thing. There's somebody, there's other people that I work with. It's like, definitely going to be ahsoka um, and then maybe she'll be she'll be the one who comes in at the end and is like hey <laughs> wow yeah. you know you get you gotta you gotta fight for something bigger than yourself and hunter's like whoa i've never thought about that <laughs> no i will say though that like hunter's hunter's argument is sort of like basically i'm taking care of omega you know what i mean so because because mm-hmm. at, at the beginning it's sort of like what are you talking about, dude? You're just doing like jobs, making money for this, you know, um, it, gangster basically said, right? Like that's why mm-hmm. wouldn't you kind of take the opportunity to, you know, contribute in, in some way, especially, you know, knowing their kind of like history and, and, you know, their, the clones seem very much like, well, we, you know, we have a job to do and we do our job, you know what I mean? And like making money for Sid doesn't seem like the thing that they would be motivated to do. Um, but then I think if I'm remembering correctly, as the conversation goes on, he's like, we've got Omega, you know, we've got to take care of her or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, that's, that's a decent argument for why you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, let me go join a rebellion in which I'll, you know, take on the empire. Um, mm-hmm. I think that made, that made sense. Um, so that being said, obviously that's what they're going to do in the end. So it's just about, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> getting, getting to that point, but you know, yeah. Uh, and, and, and on that, on that point, Rex is like, well, you know, um, or Hunter tells Rex like, Hey, if you ever need some help from the old bad batch, like let us know. And, uh, you know, basically as, as we've discussed here the last couple of weeks, like when something like that is, is referenced or mentioned or whatever, it's going to happen like almost immediately, probably. So I would assume if not next week, probably the week after Rex will be like, Hey, I need your help. And they will help him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, what what is the stage of the the hero's journey where uh the like denying the responsibility mm, uh, yeah. when 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 does that you know how long does that usually last cuz we're at like half the season and uh you know uh Hunter You're saying half, still- half of half of the season has been Luke saying well oh, I can take it anchorhead but that's as far as I can yeah. go <laughs> And yeah. and Ray saying, "Oh no, I have to go back. I can't." Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I I gotta yeah. stay here. I'm waiting for people. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, um, I guess the the final kind of thing is, like I said earlier, the Scrapper Guild does notice them up there. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like earlier, they were like, "Well, we we gotta hide and make sure the Scrapper Guild doesn't see us." And then mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, they're like, "We should have this conversation in broad daylight." You know, like, right. <laughs> Right on top of this thing. Got cocky. uh, Yeah. So the Scrapper Guild uh, sees them and notifies the Empire. So um, I would imagine the Empire will show up. Stormtroopers. Maybe we'll get more. um, What's the the Admiral's name? Uh, Rampart. Maybe we'll get him back Mm. next week. Um, And and potentially Crosshair too, right? If they notify the Empire. So um, we'll see. But I would would guess that next week's episode is going to be a confrontation between the Bad Batch and the Empire. Um, and actually, on that note, Ryan, uh, mm-hmm. Joel Aaron, who um, is like, 
I, I don't know exactly his title, but he does cinematography, lighting effects, uh, that kind of stuff for um, the Star Wars animation uh, teams. I actually saw a talk with him at Celebration probably 2015. I can't remember, but it was awesome. And it was like a pretty small panel. Um, and he was like really, really interesting, uh, brilliant guy. But um, Joel Aaron was uh, hyping up next week's episode on Twitter. I think I sent that tweet along to you, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Saying that next week's episode is going to be a big one. So uh, it was it was something to the effect of like, man, this week's episode really delivers and just wait till next week. So um, yeah, that's uh, okay. a little bit of a uh, little bit of hype for next week's episode. Cool. Yeah. Um, before we, before we leave Bracca, um, I just remembered something else that sucks about the Jedi Fallen Order, um, remaster or upgrade or whatever. Um, uh, something that like people have been kind of complaining about since, uh, there is like, it does have a new game plus mode, um, in it. So you, for like replays and stuff, um, but it does not allow you to skip cutscenes. So uh, I think like people were kind of hoping that with this upgrade version that, you know, that might be something they patch in the ability to skip cutscenes because there are like four hours worth of cutscenes in the game. And if you're like replaying it, like maybe you don't need to watch all those because it's four hours and you yeah. know the story in the story beats, uh, you still cannot skip cutscenes, mm. <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, disappointing. <laughs> For sure, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, yeah, that's too bad. Um, yeah, it seems like the kind of. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember how long those cutscenes are. They're probably pretty long, huh? Pretty, um, yeah. Because it is like a story-driven, you know, single-player kind of game or whatever. So um, I can see where the developers might be like, well, we want people to, you know, whatever. But but then, I like, I just, the I, I get it for, like, your first playthrough. But yeah. then, like, for New Game Plus, like, no, you need to watch these again. <laughs> I don't think you really got it the first time. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's uh, that's disappointing. Well, especially because like I just wanted to try it out and like see it, yeah. and I had to sit through like a ton of cutscenes just to like be like, "Hey, does this frame rate hold up?" Right, right, right. Which right. was where I was like kind of getting annoyed. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up the show here, mm. but we do have I do have a little bonus uh kind of yeah you do discuss here. <laughs> This is thanks to uh, StarWars.com. StarWars.com posted an article about this, and there was a specific word, Ryan, that caught my attention. It's a word Mm -hmm. that we've discussed. A very precious metal that we we covet on this show, uh, pewter. And uh, so there was an article on um, StarWars.com that basically linked to and advertised this $499 C-3PO pewter figurine by a company... Uh, called Royal Selengor, Selengor, Selengor. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. um, but 
uh, let me tell you, the description on the website says the magic is in the details because this pewter figure is limited to 5,000 pieces. It's individually numbered. It's mm. gilded in 24 karat gold. So while those rich people can, you know, have their, their, their gold ice cream flakes or whatever. Um, in their dipping Dots. Right. We have uh, the opportunity to buy a $500 pewter C-3PO. Um, and uh, it includes a base, Star Wars official licensee packaging, and it's part of the Lucasfilm collection by this royal Salangar um, company, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. So, man, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, this this five hundred dollar figure is nine inches high, Ryan. Nine wow. inches high. So yeah, um, it's about uh, it's a little bit bigger than your average Black Series figure, um, mm-hmm. and it's five hundred dollars and made of pewter. So, have you purchased this yet? Um, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm hovering over that add to bag button right now because um, like I'm just like scoping the quality of this pewter and if you told me this was designed by the bradford exchange i believe you that's how good this pewter is yeah yeah well if you can't afford the 500 dollar um pewter figure here uh you can scroll through the you may also like feature at the bottom of the page which does uh suggest other pewter uh options for you there's an r2d2 pewter canister figurine $300. $300. There's the uh, pewter chess set. I believe we've probably talked about before. $1, oh yeah. Hundred. Uh, there's a $550 millennium Falcon, um, $130 death star container, you know, so not too bad there. Um, or if you, you know, don't want to spend, um, that kind of money, there's a stormtrooper or a Yoda, uh, pewter figure available on <sighs> shopdisney.com. And those are only $100. Um, and th- there's other figures available as well. So, you know, um, basically shopdisney.com is your stop for Star Wars pewter. Um, and so it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, we mentioned earlier, like, um, you know, Star Wars fans who the, you know, primary way, at least financially, they interact with uh, the saga is through buying figures. Um, I want to know about the Star Wars fans who, you know, mostly spend their Star Wars collectible cash on pewter. Mm. Like who had, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this episode and, um, you know, I think most of our listeners are folks of refined taste um yeah so i I, i'm not doubting we have a a lot of like hardcore pewter collectors uh in our listenership um you know if i i would love for you to share uh your star wars pewter collection uh with us um you can send us an email and how would people do that john yeah, we'd love to hear about your your pewter collections, uh, photographic, uh, you know, evidence of your pewter collection. That'd mm-hmm. be awesome. Um, or any other thoughts you have uh, as far as Star Wars go, you can send them to blockaderunnerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can uh, message us on Twitter at Blockade Run. Or if you want to talk to Ryan specifically about pewter, um, you could message Ryan on Twitter at... Uh, via Malay, V-A-Y-A-M-A-L-A-Y. And you can just slide into my DMs with those uh, pewter picks. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think that's what DMs are made for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We also have a website, blockaderunnerpodcast.com. Um, you could search the term pewter there and, uh, I don't know. Fine. We, we've talked about it before. I don't know if we have blog posts about pewter. Mm. It's possible. We're like in year six, I think, of the Blockade Runner podcast. So who knows um, what kind of pewter content is in the archives there. Um, but uh, with that being said, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Um, so thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Blockade Runner podcast. We are all the pewter republic. Mm-hmm. <laughs>